Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Sam Ryder and it's great. Um... It's quite a topsy-turvy one. Um, we got a little bit confused on the format, um, and it was it was my bad. Um, uh, Sam put together seven songs uh, that he thought were, were, were important in his life, which were, which is kind of what this podcast is about. But we'll explain it all when it gets going, and it all works out lovely, and we find a common thread. Um, and then we find out that um, Sam literally, uh, you know, had all his formative years. 20 minutes up the road from me. So there's lots of kind of mutual friends and and lots of kind of moments where, well, I, I imagine at some point we've, we've definitely been in the same room because there's lots of venues that he's played in over the years that I've been involved with and things like that. So it's a really nice kind of, for someone who's a total stranger, it was a very friendly conversation and it felt like, to me anyway, um, that we'd, 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 we sort of knew each other a little. It, it's a really, really lovely natter, this one. Um, before we get on with it anyway... A few thank yous first. So uh, thank you to Ryan for facilitating this. Um, thank you to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network that this podcast is very, very um, proud to be part of. Um, if you've not explored the Distraction Pieces podcast, then what are you waiting for? Um, I'm sure a big majority of um, the listenership of this podcast has come via Scroob um, and his magnificent podcast, which if it wasn't for that, then, you know, I wouldn't even be doing this podcast in Lark. Um, so, yeah, so big love to Pip. And all the other podcasts on the Distraction Pieces Network are amazing. Go, just go and get stuck into them because, you know, it is a little family and it's lovely. And we've got a little WhatsApp group and, you know, we all kind of keep an eye out for each other. And, yeah, there's a lot of love in that network. So, um, yeah, go and uh, go and feel some of that love. Um, thank you to 76 for producing this podcast, who's uh, gone above and beyond during lockdown to uh, to grab these kind of bits of Zoom audio and, and, and polish them up and, and make them sound as, as, as warm as he can for your listening pleasure. But hey, it appears, don't attempt fate, everything's getting back to normal. So who knows? Could do that thing, that thing that you used to do in podcasts. I don't know if you remember, a couple of years ago, people used to sit in rooms together uh, and have a little chat. Hopefully we can do that again soon. Looking forward to that. Being able to look into someone's eyes, um, not in a weird way, uh, just in an interested way. And, uh, yeah, be able to kind of feel the uh, ambiance in the room and all of that. Looking forward to it. Um, also, uh, can I ask you, um, if you'd like to support the podcast, um, just to give it a like 
or a love or a share or a retweet. Um, I'm on all the social media platforms, so you can go and um, give us a follow. It all helps. Um, and if it's your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track podcast, when um, you get to the end of this um, Ace Chat uh, with Sam, go and explore the back catalogue because uh, I've spoke to um, some of the people that we talk about today. I've spoken to Tommy Lee of um, Motley Crew. You can listen to my chat with Tommy Lee. You can hear me talking to Foo Fighters, to Fatboy Slim, to Papa Roach. Um, gosh, uh, oh, I'm, I'm not going to rattle them off, but yeah, there's um, a really big back catalogue now of sort of 300 episodes with all of your favourite musicians, comedians, actors, producers. Um, if you like your rock stuff, which we talk about a lot of today, Butch Vig, the producer, uh, arguably one of the greatest um, and most iconic rock producers of all time. I had a lovely chat with him. Um, and if that's not enough, having 300 episodes that you can listen to for free, there's also another few hundred episodes and radio shows and video episodes that you can go and get stuck into on my Patreon. Um, and that's a really good way if you'd like to support the podcast because it's fundamentally a labour of love. Uh, and so you can go over to Patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com forward slash off the beat and track um and for 79p a month you can support the podcast uh and if you can that'd be lovely i'm very aware that we're at the tail end of a very difficult time so if pennies are tight that's all right don't worry about it just tell a mate go ahead have a listen to this podcast it's well all right you know it's this kind of old bloke from essex with a lisp that uh gets overexcited about records when he talks to uh Really, really amazing creative people. But everything you need to know about that back catalogue, everything you need to know about the Patreon, everything you need to know about everything to do with this podcast, www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Anyway, I know why you're here. It's not to hear me lisping away, plugging stuff. It's to listen to this episode. So please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Sam Ryder. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off the Beat and Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So, one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us to win bottles of stuff there's loads of exciting things coming soon and i can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the cacao bar from hotel chocolat all right let's get back to the podcast it's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network with me stew with it okay we are recording sam how are you doing today how you doing, Stu? I'm fantastic, man. Thank you so much for asking. Thanks for having me. Well, we've we've just spoke briefly um, before our press record, and we've established that um, as much as I was all excited that I've been out in my garden in a, in a rather sunny uh, Essex, 
you've blown me out of the water by telling me that you're in Cornwall, the sun's blazing, you've had a, a freshwater swim and uh, some pancakes going to do this and have a surf. I mean, fuck me, it don't get a lot better than that, does it? <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> I'll t- instead, maybe uh, let's, um, let's just say I've, I've got to do some shopping or something. Got to right, go cool. Sainsbury's. How's that? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, if we can, mate. I want some bland out of you. I want something really bland, yeah. uninteresting. Yeah, got to do the big shop. You get some new cutlery and plates <laughs> and stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> um, track one, the song with the greatest ever intro, please, Sam. Um, right, okay. Well, it's similar to the song I had anyway. So I think... It's got to be Bohemian Rhapsody for me, actually. Okay. I know it's such an obvious choice, but it's just like, it's sparse, but euphoric. It's just the texture of like, the voices, Freddie, Brian, Roger, and John. It's just like, it's gorgeous. And it, it like, the world over, it will have, if you look, if you play that and you look at the sort of, the, the expressions on people's faces in the room, everyone's going to be stoked. No one's going to be like, oh, God. Do you know? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just, it's, um, it just gets better with age. It's fantastic. But so, like, in my list, right, I just had um, sort of the first song that I ever heard, and it's similar in a way. It's uh, Living on My Own by Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. I, like, my first memory as a kid was sitting in the back of the car, my mum and dad driving around, and the turtle. <laughs> and like my mum said that I would just sing that incessantly as a kid. Um, so yeah, that's that's on my list. And then your so your answer, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And then on my list, Living on My Own, Freddie Mercury. So there's there's some uh, synchronicity there. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, um, before we sort of move on to to uh, uh, the, the next question and the next track as well, just sort of casting your mind back um, to I mean what you've just said about your day so far i mean it just sounds absolutely perfect um however for the last sort of 14 months so much of the stuff that we've took for granted and have enjoyed has been sort of taken away and put on hold so how have you found the last 13 14 months as both sam human being and sam creative um i think for me, it was like uh, when lockdown started, there was obviously like a lot of panic and um, not just sort of, you know, like, what does this mean? How is this going to affect uh, like the, the music industry? How is it going to affect selfishly yourself financially? You know, like everyone's got bills to pay and everyone back in March was thinking, Jesus, what's, you know, before any of the furlough schemes, especially like self-employed people i'm not going to take this down a boring path don't really no it's, but, all, um, it's all true though man these things that you know these are the, the the knee-jerk instant yeah. worries weren't they i'm sure you're in the same um boat of, of those people that were self-employed i know a ton of my friends and and to skim over it would be doing a disservice to so many of um my friends that are like road crew or tms or you know in that sort of line of work within the industry no one really knew how they were gonna you know pay their mortgages and stuff like that and um some of my friends got little kids and and it it must have been a huge stress and like um I count myself as someone incredibly fortunate just because I've got like a garden do you know what I mean and I can I could sit out and get some fresh air but you've heard stories of people living in like 
in like the top floor of a flat in London and like they, they can't the nearest park to them is like a 30 minute journey and back in the you know the first days of lockdown everyone really took these rules as gospel it's like um you know it's going to take me 30 minutes to walk to that park and then by the time I got there I've got to come back to yeah. have your hour of a lot of time so it was man it again I, I don't want to start like waffling or going off on a, a tangent but it was incredibly um confusing and it, it yeah just it stopped all of us in our tracks and um the but the silver lining and to get to the the positives for me is like really connecting with music again and having the space and and the the lack of pressure from you know these things that we inadvertently put on ourselves from outside sources just because you're able to have this time on your own um and using that and uh I, I i'm very conscious of how i'm talking about this because it's like i can hear in my head someone else having the the ability to say well that's good that's fine for you that's good for you not everyone could have done that so in case you know to any listeners i totally understand and my experience of lockdown might have been far better or far worse than other people there's nothing wrong with that buddy there's nothing wrong with that i mean if you can find positives in in a really difficult situation then you know that should be enjoyed that shouldn't be something that you know you Mm -hmm. should feel you should feel bad about you know we're all searching we're all trying to get through it you know in whatever way we can and and you know I I think people will have already got the measure of you by now to know that you're not you know you're not relishing in any anyone else's you know situation it's you know you're, you're talking about you know that finding the positives in in what you can where you can which is them little things that that get you through it yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And um, I, the, the blessing was for all of us that the weather that we had last year, the, and like, you know, the southeast of the UK, it's absolute godsend, wasn't it? It yeah. was, um, uh, you know, so hopefully everyone could have enjoyed that in some capacity. Um, so I know obviously the lockdown rules shifted over the summer, and I feel like all of us at some point were able to enjoy a bit of that and what yeah what a blessing because uh, you know you you're in the uk where, where are you from by the way essex. Where, where, yeah essex so you know as well as i do the weather this year has been absolutely rubbish <laughs> up until like the last two days yeah absolutely so, like, and it, it doesn't it make such a difference to like your sort your your mental well-being just yep. waking up every day and it being cloudy and rainy you're kind of and you know the, the year's getting on you're thinking geez yeah. we're gonna get this year and um but yeah, when it comes out, man, when the sun's out, there's not, nothing beats it. Nothing beats the feeling. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree <laughs> more, buddy. Um, for track two, I'm going to ask you to cast your mind back, and I want to know the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. Okay, so kind of like, let me uh, look through my little list, see if there's one here. I made, um, I made like a short list before for our chat, so I was kind of prepared. Um. Give me two. That's all good. It's all good. I know I've put you on the spot here, mate. I think I've got this one. So, um, emotional impact in terms of it wasn't like a, but I'm just going to tell you the story, right? So, when I was in school, about, I'd say, 14 years old, something like that, um, I, I went to a Catholic school. And we were scheduled to go to a trip to a nunnery, actually, <laughs> that day. Good so, times. like, on, yeah, standard. <laughs> I got on the bus, and um, I think, like, the school would hire just, you know, normal 
um, like buses that go, you know, pick people up. So there was, you know, some things that people had left, whether it being like, I don't know, empty cigarette packets or whatever. But on the floor under my chair, um, just the CD on its own was uh, Seventh Son, Seventh Son by Iron Maiden. And like I was getting into kind of rock music at that age and uh, like just sit and I'd heard of Iron Maiden because I was such a Sum 41 fan. And I remember in Sum 41 videos, like all of them would be wearing like priest shirts, like, Maiden shirts, Metallica shirts. I was like, I recognised the font. And by being a fan of Sum 41, I then by proxy was like stoked and interested in being a fan of Iron Maiden. So this CD basically fell in my lap and uh, I picked it up and it was so scratched up. Um, God knows how it got there. You know, you don't don't usually find an Iron Maiden CD on a public bus. But um, I put it in my Walkman and uh, nothing would play. It just skip apart from one track which was The Evil That Men Do. That was the only track that would play all the way through. And I was like, what the hell have I been missing? This is insane. It like, you know when you, you hear something and it ticks every box? Yeah. So like, it's just everything. It's um, all like seeing a band live and it's like, this is absolute perfection. This was tailor-made for me. That's how I felt when I heard that track. And it just, it put me on a course then of hearing vocalists like Bruce Dickinson, um, which led me to like Lou Graham or Steve Perry and trying to sing along to those bands records. And that basically, yeah, I've got so much to thank because particularly, you know, like Iron Maiden and Journey and stuff like that for being where I am now. And so what was it that, was it just that kind of era of, of, I guess it was around the American Pie kind of pop punk thing. Was that your entry yeah. into kind of guitars? Yeah, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater too, yeah, which I course. think is so like so important. Like a little, I'm sure that the developers of that game didn't know the magic that they were creating mm. when they made that. Is so crucial for that whole scene, um, and and even today, like people still, you know, go Spotify, chuck the Tony Hawk's two mix on. It's amazing. Um, and I remember like playing Tony Hawk's and then when I'd get to the end of that soundtrack, I'd put like, take off your pants and jacket, Blink-182, my CD player, listen to that. And Sum 41, Billy Talent, like, yeah, just, it was such a vibe. And yeah, it was that sort of American high school movie mm. sort of, wasn't it? Yeah, massively. And and what's really interesting is like, I mean, I'm old as fuck. So like, if I, <laughs> if I kind of, for me, I, I was speaking about it. I had, um, I had the guy, uh, some of the guys on from Dirty Sanchez a little while ago, and uh, and we was talking sort of skating then, and and how we got turned on to so much music from bootleg like skate videos, like that were just yeah. being passed round, and it would that it would be like. You'd be watching the, the the skating, but you'd be like, "What's that track? What's that track?" And we yeah, had so much. From, I mean, back yeah. then it weren't that easy, you know. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> then the fact that it then has merged into like it's got still got that skate element, but it then goes on to Tony Hawk's game, and that is just as impactful and just as like influential. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? What you do to listen to those songs back then, like even having I, I remember like getting ready to go and, I don't know, getting out of the shower, putting my Nintendo on and having the menu music play yeah. through my TV. Do you know what I mean? While I'm getting ready to go out, like, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going at 15, but, like, probably, 
don't know, getting up to no good. <laughs> well, but that's what you did. I remember like putting like Sonic on as well and just having like the background in like Green Hills. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's so cool. Well, let, let's let's talk about them formative years and, uh, and 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 being a young toe rag. So for track three, Sam, I'm going to ask you to tell me a song that reminds you of your time at school, please. Um, right. Let me. Uh, I'd I'd say while we're on it, some forty one fat lip, hundred percent. Yeah. Because when I mean it, it's a tough one because it could be like Limp Biscuit as well. Um, and I'm gonna like. I'm reeling off really obvious tracks here, but I think it's that's the point. Like, I'm not trying to be artsy and go deep to songs to sort of like throw people off the scent. I want to bring up these tracks that everyone's going to relate to. Dude, and be everybody. Like, I, I did exactly the same thing. Thankfully, everybody that's done this podcast has left their call at the door and come in and just gone right. Yeah. These are the songs. Because, man, when listening, like when you're watching Kerrang! TV and like, Limp Biscuit came on with Rolling. Like, it, you were just, it, I was stoked because before then I was really into like Eminem. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then I saw like Fred Durst kind of like doing this like rock rap thing. And I was like, what? This isn't right. This, these guys have got guitars and like Wes Borland's over here looking like someone's dug him up out of a graveyard. Like, this is, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, but all of a sudden you're watching it trying to sort of pick it apart. And because when you're that age, you are you like one thing and you detest something else because you're so tribalistic. You want to belong to one thing. And for me, like I was kind of in that Eminem world, and then I saw Limp Biscuit and I saw it as a threat. <laughs> but then I listened to it. I was like, actually, this is so good. And that then takes you on to, you know, like some forty one and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It just rolls. Um, but yeah, I'd say between uh, Rolling and Fat Lip. Just when they'd come on and then you'd get like, yeah, you just get stoked you're watching it before your school bus turns up to pick you up and you're just like getting getting your fix before like, yeah, PE. <laughs> our, um, how was school? It's good, man. It's good. I was um, like, wasn't in the sort of, I had that blessed position in the hierarchy at school, I'd say, looking back. Like, I definitely wasn't in, like, the popular kids because in my era, it was kind of the popular kids were, like, chavs. Do you know what I mean? And, like, I definitely wasn't those guys, but I was friends with those guys and I definitely wasn't, like, absolutely at the bottom. But I was also really good pals with the people (laughs) who were, like, doing their own thing, like chess club or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I feel awful saying this. It's a good um, play. That's the float in the middle was the in betweener. That's where you want to be. Yeah, <laughs> because you can kind of like you you're definitely not cool, and I'm still not cool, but like you're also you're not like it's <laughs> no way of saying this, but you're not like um buggered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. But yeah, I, I was, um, yeah, I feel, I'm sure that this is the wrong way of explaining this, be very hurtful with some people. But yeah, I, um, I, was, I was friends to, like, I, I could sort of mingle in, yeah. in between. Like the, the little friendship group I had, we're all a bit nerdy, really. In fact, I'm probably saying, if, if you ask someone else who went to school with me, they'd be like, oh yeah, he was the dude, like, oh, he, was, he was hopeless. We just sort of took pity on him. But yeah, so like me and my friends would go skateboarding and we were all awful at skateboarding. We could all do like one trick each. Mine was a pop shove it. I could handle a pop shove it okay. My pal Sean's like still my best friend to this day. He's like great at doing a kickflip, but that's about it. 
you know, <laughs> and like listening for some 41 and yeah, <laughs> it's good times. Was you a confident kid? Um, I'd say, uh, I don't know, I don't think anyone's truly confident. At, well, mate, back in that era before the way that things are now, but like I even, you know, because I was friends with some of the more popular kids as well. And looking back, I can see that none of those guys or girls were actually confident. It was all sort of like farcical, almost oh. everyone just trying to get by and fit in and not sort of put their head above the, the parapet. Do you know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. But I def- I was okay in my own skin. I ne- I like I I looking back, I I never wanted to be anyone else, really. You know, if I really thought about it. I just um I had my own sort of dreams and aspirations and I sort of really believed that they'd come true. And a lot of them haven't, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah, still fine with being me. Okay. I'm going to ask you um, for track four, Sam, to tell me, please, the first song you remember buying from a record shop. Um, first, uh, let me get this right. Well, annoy- annoyingly, it's, it's, I'm trying to get a bit of... Um, uh, variety here but if I'm being truthful the first thing I remember buying was uh does this look infected by some 41 from okay. Tesco's but I'm trying to bring in some other bands so let me think if there was anyone like anything else at that time um I'll tell you uh, what let, maybe, let, let's... Might, might be Motley Crew, you know oh really I think I bought a out of the devil Motley Crew. so how just did it... I look cool <laughs> How did this come about? Because, like, in regards to, like, I, I've always DJed at my, my my venue, which was back then was still playing. You know, was always played guitar music, and and you know, from where I was, that kind of some forty one blink thing then seemed to evolve into, you know, for 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 lots of people that that I that I knew would then move into. I guess some of the new metal stuff and then Deftones and, yeah. and stuff like that. And then also they go back into things like Rage and then obviously Nirvana, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just interested how yours has gone more into that kind of what, what we call Randy like cock rock. Like yours went into, yeah. you know, you found Maiden, you found Judas Priest, you found like Motley Crue and it's like, yeah. and, and that's going back what, fuck. I mean, I suppose if you were listening to that in 2000s, Motley Crue was kind of mid to late or late 80s really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it- cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Goes back far um, because, like, the thing is, I, I thought I wanted to be a fan of Motley Crue more than I am actually a fan because you're so governed by the... I mean, back in the day with like Sum 41 and stuff like that, a lot of those bands of their calibre and their style in that genre, they would wear the T-shirts of bands that they loved, which was, again, that's such a crucial um, thing to to take home from that scene because... Well, you mentioned tribalism earlier, didn't you? Sorry? You mentioned tribalism earlier, and, and that was a yeah. big part of your tribe, wasn't it? You wore your, the T-shirts of your bands that you liked, and you wanted everyone yeah. to know that I'm wearing this because oh, I love this band. Yeah, it, it was basically like Spotify back in the day of, um, you know, like uh, discover like new music. Yeah. That was how you did it, because if like you go and see your favourite band, and if your absolute hero is on stage wearing a shirt of a band, you're going to want to listen to that band. Yeah. So, like... I mean, like Stretch Armstrong, when I went to see, um, I think it was Story of the Year, like one of the dudes was wearing like Stretch Armstrong shirt and I got their record and it was wicked. And like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going back now. But <laughs> it's it's so cool. And that was the same with Motley Crue. And I really, like, I do love Motley Crue, but they're definitely by no means like my kind of, it's not what I'm like after this interview going to chuck like shout out the devil. Actually, I might do. But <laughs> now that we're chatting about it. But um but do you know what I mean? I'm not like a massive, massive Motley Crue fan, but mm. I think what, you know, they're important to the story. Absolutely. Absolutely. But like, like Megadeth, I'm a big fan. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I felt that those guys did what ticked way more boxes for me rather than Motley Crue was just so cool. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like the whole sort of imagery of it and the, the theatrical, like theatricalism, similar with Maiden and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah. It was, and it's like I think that's the the thing that I guess when when Nirvana happened and kind of almost you know for quite a long time sort of killed off that kind of scene, you know of, of the kind of spandex mm-hmm. yeah. and stuff like that. It was like, hang on a minute, look, thank God as well, really. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that would have gone. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think Axl Rose in cycling shorts and American football tops is probably the the the, the where it definitely should have finished. Like, um, <laughs> but then I, I yeah, I do think it's really strange because, like you say, so many of the bands that then come in that wave after grunge, just by their very age wouldn't have been influenced by what was going on a few years earlier. They would have been influenced by the stuff growing up, which would have been yeah. Motley Crue and, 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 and all of that scene. And then I think all of a sudden, although they, I don't even think they were, they'd got back together and were playing then, but obviously Tommy Lee just become an absolute superstar for all manner of reasons. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and fundamentally, he just was a fucking cool guy. And like... And yeah. it, it was exciting, wasn't it? It yeah. was just like, you know, like you it just to, it was so, like, again, going back to that tribalism thing, to be like a fan of that style of music, it was so easy to show the whole world that mm. you were a fan of that style of music because there was no subtlety whatsoever. Yeah. So, like, if you're going out dressed in, like, I don't know, you wear 
but you get your nose pierced almost like someone's going to be like, oh, you, yeah, you, I kind of know what music you're going to like. Even something as small as that, or, or it could, I don't know, be a spiked collar. <laughs> it's so true, though. It's so true. I, I cast my mind back to, like, the early 90s, and and I got my eyebrow pierced because Mike Patton from Faith No More had his eyebrow pierced. I'd never seen anyone like that before. So, what is that? <laughs> right, I'm, I'm going to get that then. And yeah. like, people were like, whoa, what's that? I was like, yeah, I'm into Faith No More, aren't I? And like, you look back and it's fucking yeah. tragic, but it felt the <laughs> best at the time. <laughs> yeah, you think you're like that absolute done. And like, I, I love it. When I'd um, go, I remember going to see like Avenged Sevenfold when I was. Um, and I like I remember that that record as well. It's an important one, City of Evil for me. Um, but see, <laughs> seeing all the kids queued up and everyone's wearing trilbies, like because everyone's like dressed up as basically Sinister Gates, you know what I mean? Like yeah. guitar player. But like bad, like knockoff version, like bootleg Sinister <laughs> Gates is in the queue. This is so like before you find out who you want to be, you kind of like you, you're like a flea on a dog, aren't you? Absolutely. Like, of Absolutely. everyone that you're stoked about. And, um, but it's so important to get out of that. But at the same time, that's how you get out of it, by yeah. sort of, like, faking it with, in dressed up as people that you think you want to be. Yeah. And um, I remember, like, you know, doing my hair in the mirror, making it look exactly like Derek Wibley. And like, yeah, like we all do it. There's all, and you got your eyebrow pierced, like face. <laughs> we're all doing that when we're kids growing up and finding our own feet. I'd, I'd be incredibly suspicious of someone who, like, found themselves completely at 13 years old. Never going to happen. <laughs> Never going to happen. There's a myriad, a multitude of fashion faux pas and and yep. horrific hairstyles that you have to go through <laughs> to get to that point. Totally, man. Listen up. I've only got another new sponsor, Egg Fried. It's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. Well, uh, before we get on to track five, uh, which is I'm going to ask you about clubbing. Um, also, just what I did want to know as well, talking about um, record shopping and, and school, whereabouts was this? Um, so I was in Chelmsford. Chelmsford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, where I went to right. Hang on a minute. Right. So this, this, so did you go clubbing in Chelmsford? So, I, like, back in the day, I wasn't really... No, I'm talking, like, club. gigs and rock clubbing. Yeah, I mean, no, actually, it would have been more culture. So I'm trying to think of places in Chelmsford. So, like, remember the post office, the box? Yeah, and the bar yeah. house. Yeah, and the, guy, the guys in the box who, like, 
had to usually on any other day of the week they're just serving postmen and women do you know what i mean like yeah. and then all of a sudden on i don't know it was like friday or saturday friday, night yeah. some bands would come in with all their fans and all of a sudden these people like they clearly despised that was a yeah. part of their job having to right. <laughs> so i remember the guys behind the bar were incredibly grumpy yeah but that's why the memories are so fond. I don't remember any of the bands that yeah. I ever saw. I just remember being treated like scum by, <laughs> by the barman. Right. But, um, and everyone, it was just like a, a running joke. This guy was yeah. almost like playing a part. And I'm um, trying to think of other spots in uh, Chelmsford at the time. Because I, 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 I run a place just outside. I run a place called the Pink Toothbrush. And, oh, uh, yeah. Like, that's really yeah 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 so i've heard i never went there oh like, you missed that you missed I, that I, I yeah i know man it's just, it wasn't like my spot do you know what i mean like i didn't know a lot of people like, the only time i've been to Rayleigh to play was at the mill at the mill yeah across the road yeah massive venue isn't it and like yeah i remember losing badly like a battle of the bands <laughs> by you know like some other like Artists with their whole family and extended family turned up and voted for them, and we Brilliant. absolutely got pummeled. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing! Battle of the bands. I mean, it, it's basically battle of the fans, isn't it? It's a promoter. Yeah, yeah, it's man. a promoter's dream. It's just like, right, let's just get all these bands in. We we'll pull their pants down. We we'll make them all get their mums and dads and aunts and uncles and dogs to come yeah. along and vote. And uh, and yeah, and then when we finally get to Give the winner, them crippling self doubt for the rest of their life. <laughs> 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 oh, amazing! Um, well, so I, I guess if we want to talk clubbing, like, can you, have you got any experiences of like those early sort of years of clubbing? Was it? In, did you ever go yeah. into the, the high street kind of like commercial dancey? Yeah, I did actually. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to pick out one of my like go the other way here because um, I like I love dance music as well, and um, like my fa like one of my favourites, especially from that time in my life and real sort of coming of age, like memories and nostalgia would be Enchant Set You Free. Yeah. Like it's such an important song for me because um, I remember like making the connection of like how similar like heavy metal rock music is to dance music because of like the speed and basically the harmony and yeah, just melodically, you know, it's, it's, they're not that different at all. And the energy is just incredible. And I remember being like out on the green in front of the house playing like Wembley doubles with uh, my pals and someone had run like an extension lead from their letterbox with a stereo and like Entrance set you free blasting through this like little Mickey Mouse <laughs> looking uh, stereo on the, like on the lawn. And it's just such a good vibe. And yeah, I can't, I remember then like a trip to Ibiza with some pals like later in life and just really soaking up the energy and the atmosphere. I loved it. But I'd say, yeah, clubbing in that regard, it'd be Entrance City Free. Is that the one that's got the really slow intro? Yeah, like the, when I hold yeah. like that one, the thunderstorm effect yeah. and stuff. It's a huge so, intro, that, isn't it? And then it just yeah. turns on his ass. It's the, the, yeah, when the song <laughs> drops, yeah. <laughs> Proper, like, <laughs> naughty rave like vibes in there. But I actually, um, I did a cover of it, and I posted it on Facebook, I think, like, quite a few years ago. And um, Kevin O'Toole, who's, who is Entrance, 
he got in touch that was so amazing and then like he was like man you should do like a full version and put it out so I did and um yeah that kind of was the first thing that I put out as like a kind of solo artist which was amazing like and so up to that point you from from what I've aware of you was in kind of like metal bands yeah yeah metal, but like kind of school bands do you know what I mean like very quite anonymous bands and like doing just doing the rounds and losing battle of the bands all over the country <laughs> just it's just earning your stripes do you know what I mean and like like figuring out what you want to do but you know more what you don't want to do and um but yeah very like formative and important even just like bands like Megadeth inspiring me to be able to play guitar and sing at the same time and like learn complex riffs while singing and all that stuff it helps me now like being able to play guitar on stage and sing and stuff like that I'm definitely not playing Megadeth tunes but like it's it all came from that I've seen Dave Mustaine like shredding on a like flying V while Mm. singing his head off it's so cool I'm I'm just got so many questions because like your career path's really quite unique and what I normally do when on the first question is ask people how they approach songwriting and the power of the intro um from the days of maybe being in sort of school bands and 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 you know what trying to work out how to write a song and structure a song uh and then you know Mm -hmm. passing around cds of of your demos and stuff like that and then I you know and, and I generally ask all artists then about how the shift in technology has affected that um, with the fact that thumbs move very quickly nowadays and attention spans are quite short. Um, I said a bit of a generalization there, but um, I'm just basing it on watching my kids' thumbs when they're, when they're, you know, flicking through their their social media. No, I think you're. And so with that, like, uh, you know, I've spoken to people that have wrote very, very, you know, big commercial pop records and have they still kind of a, a work into almost a science now of like got to be chorus here, chorus has got, you know, vocals got to be in by X amount of seconds mm-hmm. and things like that. And, and your exposure has grown hugely through social media. And so mm-hmm. how, how has that affected what you do? Um, it has changed my day to day because now I'm like, most of my days I'm in London writing and, in a studio and it's the absolute dream. Do you know what I mean? I thank my lucky stars every day, even if I'm, you know, driving up there stuck in horrendous traffic, that I get to do what I've wanted to do since I was, you know, 14 years old, finding the Iron Maiden CD on the bus. It's like, it's, it's amazing. I'm incredibly grateful. And, uh, it's such, um, I used to write songs just on my own, you know, in, in my studio or, you know, sitting on my bed with a guitar. Um, and they seem to come a lot easier when you're younger, but, but that doesn't mean that they're good. They're usually, you know, quite awful, those songs that you write, but they're again, super important. And um, not to say that there's young kids out there that aren't writing absolutely gorgeous pieces of music when they're young. It's just that I didn't. (laughs) And, um, but so like now I'm co-writing a lot of the time because it's, I just absolutely love it. I, I do, I still write by myself um and like form um like ideas and get stuff down but I find the most joy when I'm in a room with 
someone else or two people. Like so, there's three of us in total most of the time, and um, they're actually dear friends of mine now called Amy Wodge and Max Wolfgang. Uh, we write a lot together, and it's just us three in a room. So, like one of us will like have a theme in our minds. Like, I want to write something that kind of captures this feeling or uses this kind of like um, idea metaphorically. Let's do it. And 20 minutes, we've got a song, you know? And that kind of, that spark is incredibly rare to capture when you're on your own. But I'm only speaking, of course, from my experience. I'm sure there's absolute geniuses out there that, <laughs> that are able to bottle that lightning quickly. But um, for me personally, like that's where the magic happens when I'm in the room with like people like Amy and Max. And um, it's th the most important thing for me about songwriting is just not having, having the idea, it comes into the room because you're just really, and not to get too airy fairy about it, but it's in, in my opinion, it's completely true that you're just a vessel, you're channeling that song between you, like no one in my experience writes the song if it's a great song it just comes through it spills out you're just you're playing over some chords and all of a sudden someone in the room will just it will just come out of nowhere it's not it, yeah know, totally it, 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 it's incredible to witness when when it works like that and the difference between good songs and bad songs is not getting in the way of the song. So like, if there's an idea coming, don't stop and think, mm, yeah, but it's not very, it's not um, this enough or it's not that enough. It's, um, I want it to be more like um, this artist. As soon as you start doing that, you're literally building this wall in front yeah. of this energy that's coming into the room. Um, so just let the song be, let it make itself. And then when it's done and it's written, then have your opinions and, and talk about it. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. let the song just come through and exist. That was the one that's meant to be done at that time. Well, so trying to write your like rock opera, like it's <laughs> it, let it let it happen the, the day that the, that the rock opera is scheduled. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> when when that's the day that it's meant to happen, it will happen. But trying to write it, you're probably not going to write a very good one. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, well answered there as well. Um, for track six, I'm, we've mentioned home, so I'm going to take you home and I'm going to ask for a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. Um, home county? Um, I'm trying to think of artists. Um, I don't... I, hang on. Well... I mean, bands that spring to mind are in me. Obviously, I'm guessing you know a lot about. I'm good pals with Dave. Me. Yep. Yeah, amazing songwriter. Um, this is a hard one for me actually because although, like, I know Dave is a wicked songwriter, I was never like switched on to Imi at the time. It was like I was more in the old school metal phase and then like the new metal thing that was going on which is very embarrassing because going back, I kind of wish that I'd uh, spent more time. <laughs> just trying to think of other like, rock bands that were... There was, there was a great band uh, from our neck of the woods as well. Um, I don't know if you remember the band Forever Never. Um, yeah, yeah, I right. remember Forever Never. Yeah. Right. Um, with, that was... Was it Rennie? Rennie, yeah. Singing. 
yeah, yeah. He had yeah. a spectacular were... voice. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's wicked. I'm trying to... Because Tuck, wasn't it? Susie Quattro's son, Tuck. Yeah. He was playing play guitar for him for a while, I think. Or was that... No, that was that from almost the end. Um, yeah, I'm getting confused. Because there was so, like it wasn't really my world. So apologies, again, people listening. And they're like saying, what are you talking about, Sam? Like, if they're really into that scene. Because I'm butchering it. But um, <laughs> really, some really good friends of mine were in a band called Fake Komodo. Oh, they were amazing. Yeah, and I think, so yeah, I'm going to go with them and I'm going to say a song called, oh, hang on. Um, It was on their their latest record. Um, I'm just going to look at it because I want to get this right. So two seconds. I used to to put uh, them on. Um, I used to do these like all ages, all dayers, a place called the Civic Hall. And, yeah, uh, and I used to put on Fake Komodo, and there was lots of. There was another band around that time called Page, uh, and there was like, oh, what was that? Cinder's Fall, and there was all of these kind yeah, of. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but Fake Komodo, they were like head and shoulders above all the others. Like they were like, oh mate, hundred percent. The song I'm I'm thinking of is A Man Left Behind, and um. I remember when I felt I'd heard the demo because I was around um, drummer's house. Uh, we used to hang out a, a bunch. We still do. But um, he showed me this demo they'd come up with. And it was, uh, yeah, the song that ended up being called A Man Left Behind. And I was floored. It was so good, so catchy and just like a strong song. And like, but also a strong pop song yeah. in terms of structure and, um, like the uh, like melodically, the, the idea of it, how snappy it was, um, and I was really jealous actually. <laughs> I remember sort of telling him like I'm gutted because this is this is really bloody good. Uh, but they were so good. They really, um, their man Enter Shikari for me, and I've, I've become pals with uh, some of the guys in Enter Shikari. I, from, like, I had I had Rao on last week. Uh, oh, uh, did you? I mean, yeah. what, what a legend! What a lovely oh, guy! Brilliant. Um, but they. I'd say, yeah, between Faye and, and Shikari, just th- those bands were really inspiring to see people like, I mean, Shikari really did it, you know, like I think the last tour they did was like a stadium tour. Um, Faye stopped before they got to that point, but I think that it, the members, they didn't really want to be doing that anymore. But what a, they must have helped so many kids of that era just have some belief in themselves. Yeah. Like, so many of fans like the, the young kids then are probably old now, like older now, and they're in bands of their own or their producers, their writers, and they would have been inspired by um, bands like Fake Komodo. So professional, so tight. Like it wasn't. Although they were a local band from Essex, when you went to see them, they didn't have like you know like the kind of the scratchiness of a local band where songs aren't that really tight feedback strings breaking or like all these things that are you know that's totally normal and quite cool in a way but fake modo are just they were so professional yeah and yeah. like having the lights and everything with them and um yeah for me it was it was really inspiring and all, like completely frustrating that you couldn't get better than them <laughs> yeah. in your own bands you know you're like damn why can't we be that good <laughs> but what i also like about what you said there you said that you know they had really good songs they also had really good pop songs like them pop sensibilities mm-hmm. now 
I'll cast my mind back to some of the, the song choices you've you've chosen, whether that be that Freddie Mercury song or whether that be yeah. Fat Lip or whether that be Iron Maiden. All of them bands are completely sort of different genres of music completely, but all of them have the fundamentals of pop. You know, I know everyone thinks Iron Maiden's this really raucous rock band, metal band, whatever, but the songs yeah. are pop songs. It's yeah, really totally, solid verses, choruses, mid-lates, and it's the same with, with some. And and definitely, I mean, that Freddie Mercury track is as pop as it gets. Like, it's yeah, pure yeah. pop. And like, and I think, you know, and you, so many of them bands that you mentioned there from that local scene there, like, it was abrasive, you know, punk ethos, but but like pop sensibility. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And, and yeah, when you yeah. get all of that together, it's perfect. Yeah, man, totally. Like, pop isn't... Um... For me, my, my experience now working predominantly in like a pop sphere is the the difference is is minute. But like I've been in studios with bands over the years, and like the editing that goes on behind it, and the stigma from sometimes the metal community thinking that pop is fake and polished and unrealistic. But because I've come from, I've, I've been in the room in both worlds, it is totally untrue. The amount of editing that goes on in the metal world in some cases it's more do you know what i mean but that's not man that's not a bad thing it's a stylistic choice like having those drums absolutely on the grid triggered like so the velocity is a um again like very unrealistic for like when you're comparing to the ability of a human being behind a drum kit and i am very much painting with broad brush strokes here so it's, I'm just trying to make the point, but um, there's also the stigma from the pop world that metal is this kind of like bullshit, um, childlike uh, enigma. And that's completely false too, because, you know, like there's so much passion from the fan base in metal that you don't get 
sometimes what in you pop music. Uh, but again, I, I'm really no, but like it's really weird because one of the, the the topics that consistently comes up on on this podcast, and it did um, earlier as well, is tribalism in music. Uh, and if yeah. you cast your mind back to talking about band t-shirts and doing your hair like the guy from the band you know as Derek and then you don't see that so much in young people now in regards to the statement in what they're wearing I'm sure there's statement there what I know I don't know I'm 48 but I'm basing it on like the people you know the, the young people that I see my kids with and things like that that tribalism doesn't seem to be as stark um, and people seem to be, which is a good thing, more open-minded. And I think maybe due to the accessibility of music now, it's like, well, I, yeah, I do like that. And yeah, I like that as well. And if I wear this, then yeah. it kind of, you know, ticks all the boxes. However, metalers are metalers. And that's still tribal yeah. as fuck. You know, you can walk down the street oh, yeah, and go, I, no idea what you're into. I wouldn't be able to call what music you're into. You're into metal. Like it's so, yeah, it's so tribal. Yeah, absolutely. And like, but what I love about that, and having a lot of friends that are like metalheads, and I consider myself in in a way to be a, a bit of a metalhead still. Do you know what I mean? But like, um, I love that you can just sit down and have a conversation about music. Do you know what I mean? It's it's fantastic because for the most part, youth will disintegrate that kind of. Um, blinkered view on music it is a rite of passage we all have to go through we all have to kind of like be all or nothing to something when we're young but that fizzles out because it's un. i mean if you don't you i think you become just a bit of a pain to be around mm. so <laughs> to you know to not be able to be open to like listen to things like now i'm seeing like on like tiktok or whatever like Billy Joel songs are coming, like kids are listening to Billy Joel. And I'm like, I'm stoked, man. Billy Joel's like one of my absolute favourites of all time. And like these young kids are like singing along to, you know, like some of his like best tracks. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's And it's amazing. Well, Sam, for the last track, uh, you get to play uh, DJ and Tastemaker now. Um, and I'm going to ask you for track seven to tell me a song or to tell the listeners a song um, that they may not know that you'd like them to go and listen to? Um, there's, I like this song. I heard it the other day. It just, it just popped up on my um, Discover Weekly. It's called Holding Hands by The Magic Lantern. And I just think it's a beautiful song. Like, I could easily overthink this question, do you know what I mean? And try yeah. and think of, like, the coolest song like, that I think no one's heard. But that's the, I made a note of it because it's the latest song that I feel like is under the radar that I heard. Um, I think it's just beautiful. It's kind of got that, like, Bonavari kind of thing. It's just a ton of, from what it sounds like to me, um, like like a brass section and a vocal. And then, like, the intro is just gorgeous. We were talking about kind of intros earlier. And the, the video for it, I checked it out um, this morning as well is really interesting. It's like this guy in a wetsuit who's like under a shower and then he has to make it to the sea. It's kind of like this guy's a fish or something. Yeah. The way that I got it, like trying to survive, like trapping all this water in his wetsuit and staying wet enough to survive to get to the sea. 
I think, I mean, if this gets back to the dude that wrote it and he's like, that's not what it's about, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's the vibe I got. And I thought it was really, like, um, really interesting and quite cool for sort of seemingly um, like an under-the-radar kind of artist who hopefully has, like, a moment. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So... We're recording this on the 1st of June. Uh, the sun is shining for the first time properly. Um, it has yes. been for a couple of days now, but the sun is back. Um, the pubs are open. Um, hopefully, you know, there's going to be some venues open soon. And, you know, uh, and well, I guess there's some open already socially distanced. Hopefully, there's going to be some music festivals going ahead. Um, so with that in mind and, you know, and, and a and you know the sunshine bringing on that kind of positive mindset sam what are you looking forward to most from the remainder of 2021 and what have you got coming up professionally um i feel like there's a lot of joy in coming i'm looking forward to working on my surfing because right now i'm the worst in the water when i go out like i haven't surfed in like a year so all these well like just about to go in uh fistral now and it's there's there is something quite comforting about it actually because there's no pressure on me from myself most importantly because i know i'm gonna suck and that it's gonna be a long hard sort of climb to get strength back and stuff but also (laughs) no one cares about you when you're rubbish when you're out in the lineup (laughs) because they're not expecting anything so um it's quite freeing you can just be really bad anonymously which um takes me back to those Battle of the Band days as well. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, Like, just spending time with my family in the sunshine in the garden, man. I'm just really excited about that. Um, And professionally, uh, I've got... I can't... I'm not sure if I can say, actually, because I've got this thing... Just keep your eyes peeled for um, late July, early August for some live stuff. I can't really say anything more than that, but um, it's going to be super small. So if you're really into uh, wanting to see something in London, and I've definitely said too much, but yeah, just keep an eye out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and so for people that, that want to keep up to speed on that uh, and want to find out more about what you do, where's the best place to keep up to speed with you, Sam? I'd say Instagram. Yeah, just yeah, head over to there. Um, Lots of stupid videos, me singing my head off, and yeah, general, general nonsense. <laughs> I will, if it's cool with you, I'll tag you in it when we put this episode out, and so I'll make it easy for Bless people you, to, Thanks, uh, to, to to go and explore what you do. Sam, it's been absolute joy talking records with you today. Man, like, it's been so good. Like, it's just if, uh, both of us are absolute. I can see the the amount of stoke on both of our faces. <laughs> I'm sunburnt. I don't know about you. You look good and tanned. Got a little bit of colour yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, lovely. Got burnt. (laughs) Well, have a lovely surf, brother. And and thanks again, Sam. Oh, man. How lovely is Sam? What a top dude. Uh, As I walked out of the studio after recording that into my garden, I just thought, do you know what? I wish I was walking down to the beach to go and have a surf. Like, what a life, living in Cornwall, days like this when the sun is shining, surfing, swimming in the sea, oh, heaven, absolute heaven. Um, what an absolute gent, um, really brilliant how it unfolds that he's a fellow Essex boy. Um, yeah, just 
loved the fact that it kind of shifted a little bit that, you know, it wasn't exactly the format that I've always done, but um, I think Sam was such an easy person to talk to and, and so enthusiastic and, and, and impassioned about his music that it, it didn't matter. We just, we just got overly excited about records and that is everything that this podcast is about. So thanks once more to Sam. Uh, thanks to you lot for continuing to listen to this podcast and, and support it and share it and help grow it. Um, I love you a lot and I really appreciate you's, you's getting behind it because um, as I've mentioned before, during these weird months that we've been experiencing this podcast has absolutely kept my my head where it needs to be and and has kept me topped up with interesting engaging conversations um which yeah so thank you so thank you very much um you can find out about everything you need to know about the podcast at off the beat and track podcast.com remember that's be and not beaten and i know my lazy essex twang always goes off the beaten track it's beat and um so uh, I think I'm done. Just been rabbiting away. Just to give you a little insight, these intros and outros I recorded just sitting in the little room on my own, just having a natter. Um, normally it takes me about six or seven goes at it, but I've just pressed record straight after the episode for this one, and uh, and I'm still buzzing. Uh, so, yeah, first take. Nailed it. Um, I'll be back next time. Um, take care. Be excellent to each other. Love you lots. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat & Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, stew with him. Eat him up.